What up, Love Quest Nation? You are listening to the latest episode of our 5 p.m. Sunday experience, recorded live at our location in Vancouver, B.C. So come on in and enjoy a powerful right now word brought to you by our founding and lead pastor, Pastor Terrence Richmond. Enjoy. Amen. Is it cool if I just jump into the word? Can I get a little bit more mic, please? Thank you, sir. Can I just jump into the word? It's been a really good day. Right? Amen. You can turn me down a tiny bit now because I'm going to start yelling in a minute. All right. Just for a teaching moment, there was, there was, um, you guys as worship leader, you guys have to, you guys got to, got to, uh, yeah, y'all got to, y'all got to get, y'all got to go where she going. Cause she really is pressing through some places i'm just speaking spiritually not how if she's sweating but god is really up on her in a way that you guys not used to you guys used to seeing danny but there's a prophetess anointing there is an apostolic grace and where she can take us yes all it needs is god but it needs your participation so there's a moment here where she was exhorting and the only thing that was holding us back was us. And I started to run up here and interject. And I'm like, no, I'll let her carry that one. But in a house like this, there is breakout anytime. And it's going to take eyes to see, to follow the leaders that are called to orchestrate it right so it means tapping into what God's doing through the person um, because we're going somewhere right before I got in here the Lord said he's he's moving some mountains for you to accelerate what he has for you it's gonna be yours to steward I'll repeat it again maybe a couple people don't mind mountains in front of them the Lord said, he is going to move some mountains for you to accelerate you to what he has for you. But it's going to be you to steward it. So your battle in this next season is not to get something. It's to steward what you're about to get. Amen. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for the word tonight. Thank you for your love. And thank you for insight. In Jesus' name. Did you get that video? You did. Amen. Just before I pray or finish praying, turn your attention towards the video screen, please. made her a little uncertain. It did some damage. It caused some pain, but it wouldn't vanish. The pain, she decided to keep it, make it a secret. Yet that was in vain, because she didn't want the pain. 
she didn't want the hurt, but she was never really loved right, and it made her feel like dirt. See, she always wanted affection, but never fully received it. She would feel beautiful sometimes, but never really believed it. She longed for a love relationship, but thinks she'll never achieve it. She always wanted love, but now she feels like she doesn't even need it. Yet she knows that she does, so she goes out looking. Looking for nourishment, but never receiving encouragement. Just wanting some genuine attention, but never getting mentioned. She's frustrated, because now it's becoming a problem. But for every problem, there's a solution. So she figured that the only way to solve this was to become flawless and live lawless, with hopes of having a man say, baby, because you find we could get all this. Huh. Bingo, she thought. It was time to stop thinking single. She was tired of being lonely and alone, going her own way. And if she had a man, it would make all her problems go away. Right? Now she's on Insta, Snapchat, Twitter with a mix of sexual pics, showing off poses at different angles, and at each angle there's a carrot that's being dangled getting hundreds of likes, hundreds of views, boys flooding her DMs, now this is new news, now she was bad, now she was popping, but her old innocent self was laying in the coffin, now she was fine, what some would call it irresistible, but her morals told her that what she was doing wasn't permissible, she tried to hide the pain on the inside, behind the photos, behind the likes, and all the things that made her feel right, but wrong later in the night, because she knew she had more to give past physical sight. Yet she couldn't wait till the morning to slip on that dress and see the responses. It's all a dream come true, but she doesn't realize that she's still unconscious. But really, she's beautiful. But she didn't think that there was physical beauty behind the makeup. The beauty is asleep, but now it's time for Sleeping Beauty to wake up. She's found a man now, the one that she thought she was looking for. Her man had money, cars, even houses to supply her. But when she saw all the women's blouses in his houses, she knew he was a liar. She loved the feeling of not needing money and not being bummy, but she still felt empty on the inside. And yet, he broke her heart and left her. She thought she was a good woman, a potential wife, not knowing that he was someone another woman, causing her mental strife. He left her. Now she's in need of a real king with a scepter, a man with dignity. So now she goes from man to man, taking advantage of them, then banishing them from her mind. And she has found nothing but more hurt. Looking for strength to kill her angst, stability for new ability, and rest from all her mess. Looking for truth, looking for trust, looking for something other than just lust. And she soon realized that the man she was looking for was Jesus. He loved her this whole time and was head over heels for her love. He was willing to go through anything and anyone just to have her. And to him, it didn't matter. Whether she was light, dark, thick or thin, big or small, to Jesus, it didn't matter at all. Whether she was considered fine or ugly, he just wanted her to know that she was lovely. And despite everything she had been through, he proposed to her and married her. He showed her true love. He showed her that she was fearfully and wonderfully made. And that she didn't need any aid because she was beautiful. Not by what others say, but because of the price that he paid. He took away the hurt. He took away the shame. He erased her past and removed all her pain. He told her that of love, loyalty, and affection, oh, she was worthy of it. By his grace, she was worthy even if she wasn't curvy. He said that he knew she was special before he even sought her, and that she was so expensive, worth more than millions of dollars. He told her that she was worth seeking after the very moment he saw her, and if she believed in him, she could walk on the water. Hearing this, she ran into his arms, and he responded saying, Welcome home, my beautiful daughter.
Amen. That was a story of the good news. And maybe some of you didn't see yourself in a dress or fancy things, but inside as we've been dealing with all day. One of the greatest crises in humanity right now is an identity crisis. And especially in the church. Especially in the church. Probably have to turn that sound like I'm doing a uh, weather report. And the challenge is, is as much as we shout, or some of us don't shout, some of us not excited, we save. But as saved as we are, can the world tell? What good is a hero? What good is a savior that I can't brag about? What good is a salvation? That I can't see. What good is a witness if can't nobody benefit from it? And so for me, that speaks to the bride of Christ. The world is looking for an authentic church. We will see more people saved if they would see more real Christians. Because the harvest is ripe. Either Jesus is lying or something's missing. I think one of the greatest things that is missing outside of spirit-filled believers, which speaks directly to identity, is authentic believers. We're just as prideful. We're just as anxious. We're just as depressed. When there's a savior that died for us, pursued us, chased us, literally shed his blood for us. And so as we talk this morning, this morning at, at nine and this morning at, or this afternoon at 12, you should go listen to it. It's not one of those woo-woo messages. It's one of those ooh messages. Because we can easily inspire you. Easily. Man, there's so many scriptures right now. I could just start preaching and have you, most of you, excited. But then the truth of the matter is, is Jesus never let the people around him go undetected. He was, he, 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 he was so holy that even without him saying a word, you felt conviction. But he also wasn't afraid to hold people accountable. He stood in the gap between the adulteress and the Pharisees, but he also held her accountable. He loved the woman at the well and preached the gospel to her, but he also held her accountable. He said, no, 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 no. See, that's where you messed up. You're starting to try to paint this picture, but you have five husbands. No, 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 don't, don't try to pull that over on me. We see Adam and Eve. God came after them. He could have let them stay in shame, but God came after them and said, where are you and who told you you were naked? And somehow we believe the lie that our sin keeps us from God. Our sin, don't put it like this, our sin does not keep God from us. Our sin keeps us from God. You're, you hide. We, we wear masks. We wear makeup. We wear leaves around us to cover our nakedness instead of staying constantly exposed before the Lord that we may always daily be renewed and transformed. 
What did he say? He said, be transformed, be renewed by the spirit of your mind. How often? Daily. Which means I always just come before the Lord bare. What did, what did, what did, what did David say? He said, I hide the word in my heart that I might not sin. If you hide the word, that means the word, you're always vulnerable. The word is first. But somehow the world has gravity more than Jesus does. There's this pull in the world and the suggestions of the world and the philosophies of the world and the, the lies of the world and the deceptions of the world are so much stronger than the blood of Jesus, it seems. But it's not that the blood is not potent. It's that the church is not as potent. And when I say the church, it doesn't mean that there's a not on fire Christians and bold Christians, but the Bible says when one is hurt, all are hurt. When one is winning, all is winning. If one is coward, we all coward. Yes, I'm bold, you bold, but as a whole body, we got some messed up ligaments. We have some weak knees. We got some faulty wrists. We have uh, uh, um, a lack of pulse. Like, we, we are a faint church as a whole. Just by the mere fact we're not unified. Forget sin. We don't have unity. And then you start throwing in divorce. You start throwing in pride. You start throwing in our egos. You start throwing in our, our lack of identity. No, we're in this world, but we're not of it. And that's a hard concept to get. But it's not a concept. It's a truth. You're literally sent here. Be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. To be the light of the world. To be the salt of the earth. But there's only way to, one way to walk that is, is in him. Not by might, not by power, but by your spirit. So there's no true identity outside of his presence. Right, you, you can't take a remote control from upstairs, take it next door to the neighbor and work their TV upstairs. Why? Because your remote control is out of the presence of its partner. The serial number, the identity, the code that, has, that was created for those two to work together, you are lacking signal. And so what we're trying to do is shine our light. We're trying to be successful. We're trying to be positive outside of the daily dependence of the presence of God on our lives. Remember, he's always there. But maybe our lack of awareness, maybe our lack of practice, maybe our lack of, of communion with him, not just devotion, not just one quick prayer in the morning. I was having this conversation with someone of influence the other day, and it's just like, Man, we stress so much on making time for God. But where the power is, is where you make space for God. See, you're trying to put an eternal God who is not bound by time on a schedule. Frustrating. So when you miss that one hour, you're like, man, I miss my time with God. What you talking about? He right there. He not mad because you missed devotion because you was running late for work. Just talk to him on the way to work. Talk to him at work. But we're trying to put him in humanity's box, not realizing we're in this world, but not of it. 
And the kingdom is not mere talk, but it is what? Power. There should be evidence that you are a part of the body of Christ, the kingdom of God, that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. That's what I desire for you and me. Because it ain't always easy, but it is always available. It's not always easy, but it is always available. Last Sunday night, we talked about the Holy Spirit, the power of the person of the Holy Spirit. Today, we begin to talk about the power of authentic identity and what? Image. The power of authentic what? And one more time, the power of what? Authentic. The world is looking for an authentic people. That's why sometimes we find our people, we find it so easier to gravitate towards the world because they're more authentic. They're keeping it real. Right? That's what we call glorifying sin. Glorifying struggle. We're keeping it real. So it's easier to relate to. Why? Because relate, reality. Does your life look like a reality with Jesus? See, your walk with Jesus has to look as real as a thug walk with the streets. See, thugs, gangsters, we get checked in the street. Did I just say we get checked? Hey, man, I'm all, pe I'm all for all people. Hey, Amen. There's a check that happens in the streets to authenticate your hardness, your gangster, your hustle, right? There's a check in prison. They going to try you. Why? To see if you really gangster. And if you didn't come in gangster, you're going to have to turn in gangster. If you came into the kingdom soft, you're going to get turned in to a soldier. And that's what we're, we're not going to let you just remain cowardice. And, and no, that's not making disciples. Making disciples is making soldiers. And so what the people see when they see Lil, Lil Uzi, Lil whoever, Drake, who, whatever, Rihanna, the, the Manaz, or whatever it is. Do they see that? when you rep in Jesus or do they see a contradiction don't mean you don't struggle it's just question I'm asking but I believe the world is looking for an authentic church authentic church real organic but how could we be an authentic church organic church if we have lost the way of who we really originally are all of us in here have thought we were something that God didn't create us to be where did you get that from the Lord says who told you that I don't care what you feel I don't care what you read I don't care if it's popular if it's unpopular who told you that where'd you get it from where did that information come from And if it contradicts what the Lord says, then we have to find our way back to original. Original. I don't know about you, but I love original. Except original chicken. I like spicy chicken. Right, I like spicy chicken. 
But he says, I am everything you need. God says to you, I am everything you need. What else you need? What else you need? I am everything you need. I am everything you need. Say, he is everything I need. Tell your neighbor, he is everything you need. Look at your neighbor and say, can I help you find something? While you are trying to figure out who you are, God is focused on where, where you are. Because God knows if I can get you from over there to over here, if I can get you out of distraction, if I can get you out of shame, if I can get you out of anxiety, if I can get you out of the realm of depression, if I can get you out of the realm of complaining, if I can get you out of poverty, if I can get, if I can shift your atmosphere, I can deal with your identity. Yeah. If I can shift your, and that's why we will go wherever people agree with our identity, whether right or wrong. I don't want to be around no one that disagree with who I say I am. Right? And the Lord said, man, if I could just, if, if you could give me enough time, I could for sure transform you. But when the affections of your heart lies with people that are coming against God's transformation for you, it's very hard to change. And then we're living a frustrated life. God isn't helping Really, he is. But because he loves us so much, he's not going to force his way on you. Love gives you options. Love gives you what? Options. And love gives you options and will not punish you for the option you chose. That was just revelation because I had my mind made up. My son said, I'm going to just stay at the hub and I'm not going to go to church. I didn't even say nothing to him. Dylan just said, he's going to stay at the hub. I'm like, I'm not going to say nothing. And in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm not going to let him go to his friend's house tomorrow. <laughs> but now I'm just preaching to y'all, love don't punish for the option. <laughs> but I didn't give him the option. He just made a choice without asking. But here you go. Here you go. Love doesn't punish you. But you still have to eat the fruit of your choice. Right, right. What, parent, what, what parents will do, my, I got punished. I got some spankings and stuff. But the scary part is when you don't get on punishment. And your parents are just like, you know what? I'm done. You do what you want to do. And they put you in, in the hands of your consequences. And I remember, man, I remember, and God will give people a season of grace, listen, to fight for you. And then there's a season where he says, you've planted enough, I'll take it from here. You're an intercessor. You are, a, Abraham stood for a people. He said, God, if I could just find a few people, righteous people, can you not destroy this place? You do know you stand in the gap for people. But there's also a release date. I know some of y'all, release me, Lord. <laughs> release me, Lord. <laughs> and sometimes he has, but your love gets in the way. 
right? His love has self-control and he can, right? He's still rooting for you. Told you. (laughs) He don't tell you told you. He just told you. Like when you tell your kid to stop doing something and they run away, no, bam, and they hit their head on something. You can't be like, told you, you got to be like, oh, baby. I'll be like, get up. Get up. Instant fruit. That's what we call it, instant fruit. True identity is found in the presence of God. True identity is found in the presence of God. Genesis 33, and Moses said to the Lord, if you're what? Presence. Come on, talk to me. If you're what? Presence. One more time, a little louder. In your, if you're what? Presence does not go with me. Do not carry me there. How many things, man, I done been in some dark places. And I cannot remember not one time before I went, I was like, Lord, will your presence go with me? (laughs) And a mind of condemnation would assume he wouldn't. So I would never ask God to take me, just go with me to the crack house, Lord, just while I shoot up, Lord, just keep me but you notice you didn't overdose you notice when you tried to kill yourself it didn't happen you notice when you tried to push loved ones away they still stood there because he was there even in the midst of your destructive behavior he was right there that's the love of God he you cannot push him away it, look he is gonna wear your butt out keep on pushing them away he gonna find somebody else to come and witness to you he gonna find another way if you got to be in the hospital he gonna have a nurse praying over you the love of God is relentless you cannot outrun God even if it take you 40 years he will catch up he will wear your butt out You know, when you get tired of you, anybody ever get tired of themselves? If you haven't, something wrong with you. Something wrong with you. I didn't got tired of myself. Whether you showed people you was tired of yourself or not because you're too prideful to admit you was wrong. But if you're working on yourself, you should have experienced getting tired of yourself for doing stupid stuff. When my, my spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. When I want to do good, evil is always present. Oh, why did I say that? Why did I do that? That's where you're in danger when you stop hearing the voice of correction. When you get comfortable being an addict, that's danger. But when the Lord, the day you hear my voice, Scripture says, harden not your heart. David says, cast me not away from your what? Come on, talk to me. Cast me not away from your what? 
presence. One more time, a little louder. Cast me not away from your what? Presence. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. He understood. These men understood the importance of the presence of God. If you're strong without his presence, just what would you, just imagine what you could do with his presence. Aware of his presence. Aware that you ain't all to that. And it's God that is your saving grace. He is the rock of your salvation. Imagine what you would do if you walk with God and acknowledge God in all your ways. Imagine if you took God in your trials and tribulations with you. Sin and shame keeps you out of God's presence. Sin and shame keeps you out of God's presence. When you get annoyed when people ask you to go to church, a good one. When you get annoyed when people ask you to pray with them. When you get annoyed when people say, have you read your devotional today? When you get annoyed when people give you godly wisdom, like scripture, it ain't really they wisdom, it's just they're echoing the scripture. You know, oh my God, you always reading the word to me. <laughs> when you get annoyed, let me tell you, you've gotten yourself in a hard place. You've hardened your heart. And the Lord says, man, I want to soften your heart. I want to give you a new heart. The longer you stay away from God, the harder it is to find your true self. And I'm like, 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 like I'm like people that's looking for themselves without God. It's very hard when you're trying to bring understanding to a situation, a conflict, a contradiction. And it's like, no wonder you're so convinced because your source isn't God. Your source is feelings. Your source is friends that agree with feelings. Your source is the world. Your source is culture. But it's not God. You can't look at the word and God said what he said and you say you love him and you refuse to do what he said. You cannot hide the real you from God. The real you. That's what the word does. The word goes to the real you. The word don't deal with surface stuff. The word goes down to the core. The stuff you think you just be hiding from people. The Lord bypassed all of that. He's like, oh, I'm not tripping off your attitude. That's fake. I'm, I know why you mad. I want to get to why you mad. I want to get to why you got anger issues. I want to get to why you promiscuous. I want to get to why you confused. I want to get to the root of the issue. Right? And then you, when you go to a root church, what's a root church? Huh? <laughs> Look, right? It's, the root church is when we're going to dig. We're going to dig all the way down. We're going to, mm, no, no, we're going to go all the way down and get into the muck. <laughs> the Lord is looking for you. Why? Because the world has need of him. And he needs you. Come out, come out wherever you are. And just because you've lost your identity, do not lose hope in Jesus. Just because you lost identity, do not lose hope in the word. Keep hanging on to the word and one day that word going to speak to you a little bit different.
don't, just because you lost, don't throw everything away. Just because you lost don't mean you can't, you might come to church, fall asleep for three years straight. But guess what? Keep coming to church and falling asleep. One day the Holy Ghost going to hit your butt and you're going to be running around the church. Just don't throw away everything. Just stay in the game. Just keep showing up. Sit on the bench. Just show up. Look at your neighbor and say, just show up. Because things ain't going well, because life don't seem that sweet, because you fail a few times, because you don't got all the answers, because you're going through a confusing time in your life. Do not push God away. Can I get an amen? Do not push God away. We look at Adam and Jesus was tempted by the devil. Which person do you respond like under temptation? Jesus went to the word. Adam went to the flesh. Adam went off and then he pointed his finger. She did it. Adam, he took no responsibility. He just like, nope, Lord, the woman you gave me, God, that's your fault. You gave me a messed up woman. Gosh. Man that finds a wife, don't find a good thing. How are you going to give me her? I can see him like, God, are you serious? Did you hear her? And Jesus had a temptation too. He ain't drink no water. We be dying if we can't eat no chicken. <laughs> we just do liquid day. Smoothie, soup. Jesus ain't had nothing. In the desert, then the devil gonna come on the last day. The, the last day when you all weak. Of course, no nothing, 10 days, 7 days, something. I'm, I'm weak, way, I'm done. You're going to come on 40 days. And you go, do I want some bread? Absolutely, I want some bread. Look, this is the cold thing. He was up in the mountains by himself. Who was going to know he ate some bread? Some of us, we just don't break the fast because we around some people. We know when we by ourselves... We, we get, come on, come on. Look at Elder Brendan, he like. <laughs> Jesus off in the mountains, he could have been like, nope. It's 40 days, I went all out. 39 days, I'm good. I even did it sometime. I'm like, man, I started my fast at 9 p.m. 40 days ago. I ain't got to wait till 12 a.m. I'm done. <laughs> Can the pastor just be honest with you? Sometimes, not all the time, sometimes. Jesus said, no, I'm doing it for them. See, the difference between Adam and Eve, their temptation had them focus on themselves. Jesus kept you in mind. So he overcame temptation because something bigger than him was on the line. See, when you're focused on your satisfaction and what you might miss, you saw, you saw Adam and Eve, it was what they was going to miss out on. 
And Jesus says, no, what I am sacrificing for, I need results in my ministry. And I need to be impactful for the world. I need to be effective when I go around my friends and my family. I need to hear from God and I am not willing to mess up the covenant for a piece of fruit. Right, they had all those trees though. For real. You ever go in the parking lot, you ever ride with somebody and it's like tons of parks and they want a parallel park or bag up in the, in the little tight spot. Just competitive. Just, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get in here. All these parks. And I really do believe that a walk with Jesus is easier than we make it. Just park right there. We like, no, nah, God, I want to try this road right here. Mm -mm. I want to be with this one. I want to move over here, God. No. And you ever tell that person, bro, it's parks right over there. I'm good. Hey, could you get out first? Because you probably can't get out. <laughs> what are you doing? world is desperate. The, de the world is in desperate need of an authentic church. Authentic people, happy people, joyful people. And joyful about life, not Netflix, not we get to go to the beach. Just think of the stuff you get excited about versus how excited some may get over their savior oh no mm -mm. I'm going to rep Jesus to the like I just want to shout right now but I'm not going to do it we're going we to shout in a minute we're going to shout in a minute we're going to shout in a minute Hebrews 12 the earth was rocked at the sound of his voice this is a period of time. This is a prophetic. This is a period of time we're in right now as well. The sound of his voice from the mountain. But now he has promised once and for all, I will not only shake the systems of the world. Pandemic. Let's shake it up. Let's shake it up. 9-11. Let's shake it up country fighting against country let's shake up the world system let's shake it up let's shake up your workplace Ooh, who are you when you can't go back to work let's shake it up let's shake up everything you depend on in this world that can't keep you we're gonna shake it up and look shake the systems of the world but also the unseen powers in the heavenly realm oh I don't know about you, but you can feel it in the atmosphere. Things is shaking and rocking. The enemy is losing his grips on some families. He's losing grip on your finances. Things is being shaken up. Yeah, they being shaken up. 
They being shaken up. Governments don't know what to do. People are lost for wisdom. But we know Mr. Wisdom. Joseph had wisdom that they needed. They needed wisdom. They need interpretation of dreams. Are you ready to be that? Now this phrase once and for all clearly indicates the final removal of what? Things. Things. Souls aren't things. But the stuff we work hard for is what? Things. He's shaking things. He's shaking the things we latch on to for security. He's shaking your outer garments that you cover up in your makeup. He's shaking your philosophies and your beliefs. He's shaking up your, he's shaking up scientists. <laughs> he's shaking up medicine. He's shaking it up. And it's the removal of things. Look, look, at, look, this is why it's being shaken. So only, say only. only. Real loud, say only. Only what is unshakable will remain. See, that, I don't know what you build your identity on. But if it's not Jesus, let me tell you, it's shakable. It is movable. It is changeable. That's what I'm saying. No matter what you're going through, do not let go of Jesus. I don't care what you're struggling with. Just hold on to Jesus. That's, that's all I'm begging you today. Just hold on to Jesus. I don't care if you decide to sin tonight uh, for, for the next hundred days and do something stupid next hundred days. Slap your mama. Go beat somebody up. Go steal something. Go shoot somebody. Whatever you think you're going to do, just hold on to Jesus. You might go to prison. Just take Jesus with you. Find the chaplain. Just keep Jesus. I'm trying to tell you, don't know that that's where we mess up. We think our sin, Jesus don't want to fool with us because we mess up. And what you got to understand is there's nothing that you're doing so bad that the blood cannot clean it. And I'm telling you, when you fall in love with Jesus, you'll begin to see things different in life. But we never give ourselves a chance to fall in love. Falling in love. Nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Since we are receiving, here we go, Pastor Dylan, our rights to an unshakable kingdom. An unshakable kingdom. I got a right to an unshakable kingdom. I, I have a right to not be moved. By law, uh, uh, JC, by law, I have a right to not be moved when the enemy comes and try to mess with me. I actually have a legal right to stand. <laughs> but when I, am, when I am putting my hope in sinking sand, I have a right to sink. It's law. It's a law. Like, I, I literally have a right. Like, I have a legal right to fly in an airplane. Because it has passed all the tests to take me up there to override a law called gravity. So no matter what hits me, what facts, what should take me out, I actually have a right because there's a higher law. So sickness may hit your body, but there's a truth that says by his stripes, you are what? Healed. You have a right to believe the truth over the facts. 
And that's what no matter what culture says you are, what God says you are has the power to trump what the culture says you are if you give truth enough time to settle in your heart. But don't come telling me that you this, you that, you ain't this and you ain't that. When you have not given God a real chance to walk you through your identity, walk you through who you really are. Unshakable kingdom that we, we should be extremely thankful and offer God the what? Purest worship. That what? Pure, authentic worship. Pure, authentic worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives. There's no pure worship if you're not willing to lay your life down. No, we're going to lay our lives down in absolute surrender. Total surrender. Total surrender. Filled with awe, for our God is holy, devouring fire. What? To purify us. He can devour all of that confusion, devour all of that mess, devour that heartache. He can do it. Hebrews 12. Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne testimony to the truth, let us strip off and throw away, throw aside every encumbrance. Strip off, throw away. Strip off, throw away. It didn't say strip off, sat down. Strip off, put it in the closet. Strip off, rainy day. No, strip off, throw it away. How many times you done stripped it off? Fold it up, put it in the... I ain't smoking weed no more. But I'm going to just keep the pipe so I give it away to my friend. Then that pipe start calling on you. <laughs> that, bong, that bong, the bong, the bong. No. The Lord says, strip it off and throw it away. Throw it aside. Get rid of it. Cast it away. Every. What does every mean? Every encumbrance. What is encumbrance? Unnecessary weight. What do, don't, don't. Unnecessary weight. What do we hold on to out of fear of loneliness, out of fear of rejection? Unnecessary weight. What are you worried about? Unnecessary weight. What do you think is going to happen to you if you say no, if you say yes, if you go there, if you come here? What might happen to you? That's unnecessary weight. The worry is unnecessary. And that sin which so readily, it just clings to and entangles us and let us run with what? Patient endurance and steady and active persistence. The appointed course. Say I'm appointed. It's a race that is set before us. You do know there was a race set before you. When you came out of your mama's womb, you stepped into a race set before you and your parents was to train you for the race and if you was raised by parents that wasn't running the race you might have had a little, little you might not had a head start you might have been a little behind but the lord can accelerate you some of y'all at love quest because the lord is getting you through accelerated classes you're like oh my god why are we doing so much because you 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 drop behind a little bit this summer school this this accelerated class 
That's what you get at love. You, you know, it's some schools that don't offer summer school. They don't offer night class. Some of y'all here because you behind in your grades. <laughs> some of you behind because we wasn't put in school. Some of us behind because we flunked a few classes because we didn't study for the test. Some of us are intimidated to test, so we just didn't show up on test day. And then some of us don't like talking to the teacher to build a report, build a rapport with our teachers. Man, that's one of the tricks to the trade. Talk to your teacher. I don't care how mean they are. You be nice. Be, befriend them. That's, just, that's one grade right there. That's one grade right there. You a D student, be your teacher friend. How you going to have a D? How you going to be a D or F student and be, have an attitude with your teacher? At least if you a D student, be nice to your teacher. It gets you a C. Hey, man, this is a prophetic word right now for somebody. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. Looking away from all that will distract to Jesus. Anything that brings distraction, look away. You ever ignore somebody? <laughs> Why is it easier to avoid, uh, easier to avoid loved ones than it is distractions? Why is it easier to avoid accountability than it is distractions? We will run to distractions from accountability. The word says look away from distractions. To who? Jesus. Who is the leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive for our belief and is also its what? Finisher, bringing to it to maturity and perfection. He is playing a role in willing you to victory. That's why I say just show up. He's going to do his part. I don't know who this for. No matter how much you mess up, don't throw Jesus out with the mess. It's not what you do or don't do that qualify you for his presence. It's the blood of Jesus that qualifies you to be in the presence of God. So if you abandon your relationship with Jesus, he don't love you no less or no more than when you all in with Jesus. He, Jesus, for the joy of obtaining the prize, what did he do? That was set before him, he endured the what? the cross. He endured the cross for you. Despising and ignoring the shame. You got to be willing to look, be a fool for the, for the faith. Authentic believers don't mind looking foolish for Jesus. If the Lord say go build that ark, Noah, go and build that ark, Noah, no matter what culture says, no matter what your neighbors say. He had to have a lot of property. That's a big ship. <laughs> you 
You got that. <laughs> Just make sure that after we're working on the mic. Ship. Amen. Despising, ignoring the shame, and is now seated at the right hand. You see, he was exalted because he ignored shame. He was exalted because he stayed in the race. He was exalted because he kept his eyes on the prize. Who is the prize? You. Will you let him cut away and shake off the unnecessary weights and fakes so the world can experience the real? Are you willing to be purged? Or maybe you're going to leave church, church tonight and be like, oh man, I don't care about it. Man, I'm staying the same. Guess what? He is too relentless. He's going to keep pursuing you. <laughs> and it don't matter where you go. You can move to Nova Scotia, Italy. <laughs> Wherever that is, guess what? He's going to be there. <laughs> Will you let him cut away? I want to read something to you. Come on, Evernote. Anybody getting anything in here besides heat? Getting that fire. Over the course of our lives, each person's identity is formed and shaped through individual experiences relationships, culture, media, and the world around us. We are constantly defining who we are in any way we can. Mistreated, disrespected, abused, locked up, violated, rejected, abandoned, attacked, and disregarded are all actions that unfortunately describe the realities countless individuals have experienced by the mistreatment of others. Over time, someone who has experienced the hurt and pain from a life-altering offense could believe that the incident is now a part of their identity. That incident does not make your identity. It was just an experience. Stop making experiences identify you. Although negative things happen to people, it is not an accurate representation of who they'll become in life. Enduring constant abuse can potentially cause someone to view themselves in an unfavorable light based on what happened to them. But what happens to our identity when we experience failure or lose someone's favor or become burned out in, a, in our job or place of service? The very foundation of our identity is shaken and altered, resulting in us hustling to define ourselves by something or someone else. A stable sense of self cannot fully exist when we place our identity in external things. I'll read it again. A stable sense of self cannot fully exist when we place our identity in external things. 
Because when circumstances change, our identity constantly changes with it. But even in the crises of life, Joseph's identity was in God. God already declared a blessing over Joseph before he was born in his mother's, before he was in his mother's womb. He already was spoken of through his great-grandfather, Abraham. Mm. Okay. Now you want to act a fool. Okay, here we go. I wanted to say the devil is a lie, but he ain't got no iPad. <laughs> uh, here we go. Here we go. God declared the identity of Abraham's descendants, stating, I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. Genesis 17, 6. You see this. But also there, the Bible tells us that God wasn't just talking to Abraham or about Abraham. He was also talking about us. So before you was formed in your mother's womb, the same blessing he spoke to Abraham, he spoke to and about you. Our identity should be in how God sees us, not how the world sees us, not even how you see you. But your identity should be based on how God identifies you. The world and the church have a hard time pulling away from the world because it's easier to find authentic in the world than it is in the church. It's easy to be authentic in the world because we are just being how we were born and taught to be in our sin nature. That's why we have to actually to be born again and to renew your mind is to learn a whole new way of being. 2 Corinthians 5.17, the old things have passed and all things have become new. New is in you, but new has to come out of you. be the church we have to renew our minds die to ourselves discover who we are in someone else everyone has found their identity in someone else or something or somewhere you have found an idea of who you are based on who you think someone else is and who you think someone thinks you are So if your identity is not in Jesus, it's in someone. You trace and pattern yourself after somebody. Rather, it's a little bit of a bunch of people. You ever see yourself? You ever get people say, man, you look, you remind me of. You remind me of. <laughs> you remind me of my Jesus. I'm sorry, I don't know where that came from. Y'all are 
demons in here. Jeez. Got to deliver myself. Our identity is in how God sees us. The enemy is after the inner me. Just follow me for a few more moments. We're going to be hot together. I love saunas and steam rooms. This is just that right now. <laughs> we renting robes downstairs if you need a robe. The enemy is after the inner me. When I grew up in the church I grew up, you hear something on a hot day like this, it's going to be hotter in hell, so you better listen. <laughs> Man, we heard about hell so much. <laughs> the enemy is after the inner me. I want you to look at this diagram really quick. Boom! This is how you made up. Your body is just a dwelling place. This little thing you put so much effort into, this little thing the world tries to dictate to you how it should look, that determines you're beautiful if you're skinny, if you're, if you're, if you're big, if you're, it's a dwelling place, right? We all love those shows like where they buy homes and fix them up. That's what Jesus want to do. We, all of us was born a fixer-upper. We was all toe-up and needed some renovations. Like, who denies renovations? Who denies renovations? They bought a home with some mess, some messed upness, some flaws. Someone came in and invested in its beauty. We love those shows. But the same way that is a home, literally, this is a home, literally. It's a dwelling place. If somebody came up to you right now and was like, whatever it's going to cost, I will renovate your home and put everything in it that you desire. I'll put peace in it. I'll put joy in it. I'll put love in it. I'll put patience in it. Man. Here you go. You ready? You ready? And after you get fixed up, then there's people that come by that want to invest in it. See, what we're looking for is the payoff first instead of the fix up. But that's why you never have to worry about the provision. Just worry about entering his rest and getting renovated. Because God is trying to make you out of an attractive person that attracts what God has already put in the earth to come to you. 
He said, give and it shall be given, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I will cause men to do what? Give unto you. He said, seek me first and all of my righteousness and all this stuff will be added. He said, delight in me and I'll give you the what? Desires of your heart. See, go and get renovated first and all this stuff you're freaking out about will be attracted unto you. But this is where we are, our body, our speech, our five senses, our, our actions. This is our body. Woo! That's that part. And then you go a little deeper, and this is what hell and heaven is after. Your soul. Why? Because that's where your person is. That's your person. That's the real. Isn't this crazy? We put so much effort in this, but that ain't really you. Because if that was you at the, at the funeral, you'd pop up and be like, stop crying. You can't say that because why? You're dead. Pertaining to this body, it's no longer your home. See, this is very temporary, but you are eternal. <laughs> this is crazy about you don't die. You don't, you, like literally, you don't die. This thing has to die. There's an extended warranty. Look it. Soul, this is your thinker, this is your filler, this is your chooser. This is what the enemy is after, this portion of you. This is where it all goes down. This is where pain and hurt resides. This is where dumb decisions come from. A broken soul. I pray that you prosper even as your soul prospers. This is what the word gets to. That a doctor can't get to. What medicine can't get to. Weed is not made for the soul. It's made for the body. And you have a cloned spiritual experience. This is the feeler. This is where your emotions are. And so a lot of times what you feel tells your body what to do. So then Jesus comes and he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he going to rest right here in your inner man. And when you walk in your new man see your thinker your filler your chooser has never changed but when you became born again old man inner man had a waking up party and the holy spirit said hey i'm up in this thing Excuse me, excuse me, scoot over. I'm here. This is my house. You see the blood? I paid for it. Here's the paperwork. This is my house. Okay? Now, what he's hoping is that in your thinker and in your filler and in your chooser, you put the word in there. So now, because the word is in here, the new man is getting muscle. And now you align your new thoughts with your new man. And then that's why the Bible says the word has the ability to even impact your body. 
See, when you have a sick soul, it impacts your body. When your spirit is broken, it impacts your soul and then it impacts your body. <laughs> and a lot of what the world tells us we are is because they have manipulated our soul. <laughs> And we will never, what we do is we bow down and accept what you've told us. You've gave us images. What are images? It creeps into our thinker, our mind, our imagination. This is where we feel. So now not only what I think, it impacts what I feel. And then if I feel something, I go to somebody and I, or I Google it and it tells me what I'm, what I'm feeling, whether it's fact or fake, it tells me what I'm feeling. And now here's a train of thoughts that come with it. And as a man thinks, so is he. <laughs> and then because of what I feel and what I think, and I'm abandoning Holy Spirit, I begin to make choices that take my entire being on this quest. And in here, I'm convinced. And all along, Holy Spirit is sitting in here. Ready to fight for you. Ready to lead you. Let me tell you, renewing your mind is a very hard thing. But it's worth it. Because if you don't renew this, this is going to pay for it. And this determines your identity right here. Whatever spirit you let lead you identifies you. That's why he says sons are led by the spirit. Look, no orphan. There's orphan. There's adop adoption all in here. But when you begin to train your thoughts to align with the word of God old man has no power he got to sat down but as long as you're letting old thoughts and old feelings and old decisions this guy you see it in Galatians 5 there's the flesh and there's the spirit that are at war but you have to choose who will have their way. Life or death, choose. Blessing or curse, choose. You have to choose what you're going to say, how you're going to use your tongue. It all impacts you. Why would you spend so much time trying to please people here? when this is the only thing that goes on to live. So that's why we're in a society, we're in a world, we're in a place where if we can paint an image of what we say you are, we shut this up. And deep inside, we're broken. And what we're trying to do is force everybody to see I am. And no, you're not, because we have to move on to Scripture. And look what he says in Ephesians. I pray that he 
would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods. Here we go. Supernatural strength floods the most, the innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. That's why you can't have a surface relationship with God. You have to let him deep, Christ the deep. The word penetrates. Verse 17, then by constantly using your faith, by constantly choosing to believe, by constantly acting on the word, the life of Christ will be released. You see this? You have your part to play. Don't, don't, don't tell me that God ain't moving when you're not doing your part. He says by constantly using, you got to use your faith. What is using my faith? I am standing on the word no matter what I think or feel. Hold on. Go back to the picture. When I'm standing on the word, I am making choices based on the word. And as I make choices, it helps renew my mind because it takes me from faith to what? Faith. Glory to what? Glory. And it might not feel good as I'm going through the, the, the pooper stage. <laughs> the... the <laughs> the pupa stage it might not feel good but one day my feelings will align with my new mind see we're so we're so oh it don't feel like God because it don't feel like God but I have to make sure I choose God's will this is what this is, this is what Jesus says Lord I don't want to go through this for these people but he said, not my will. At that moment, he made a choice for you, not himself. He made a choice to believe that God would raise him up on the third day. He made a choice. He even spoke the word. This is the same man that's in agony that days before was telling people, I'm rising up in three days. Now he like, God, why you forsake me? Wait a minute. He was just confidently, confidently declaring that he was rising up in three days. Now he's like, oh, he's in his, look, he's in his feelings. Jesus was in his feels. You see this? He, he had a legit reason to be in agony. His soul, physically, he was in pain. But he didn't make a choice off of what he felt. He made a choice off of what he thought. And what he thought, meaning what he knew. He stood on the word. And Hebrews 12 said, eventually, he said he's risen. You don't think he's shouting for joy when you gave your life to Jesus? You See, feelings come later. You can't make decisions now. Stop just wanting to feel good right now. Stop wanting to take the pain away right now and just trust God. Get a few more, get you up out of this heat. Look, look. He says, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. Deep, deep inside of you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Go back to that diagram. Go back to that go back to that the resting place where does his love dwell it don't matter how you feel sometimes you have to choose agape before you feel agape 
you that's why forgiveness is not about a feeling you it don't matter I, I don't I, mean, I, I just feel so sorry for people like I don't know when I'll be able to forgive them no 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 you you can be hurt at what they did but you don't need to hold that in your soul but his love this this is this is what this is what it is if you let agape dwell here it begins to impact every part of your being. When he said, I pray that you be rooted, you can't be rooted when you got a head love. When you got a feel love. I don't know how I'm feeling today. Mama, I love you today. Daddy, I love you today. No, that's eros. That's feeling. That's just when you get me something, I feel. When, if you shut up, I love you. No, no, no. Agape, agape ain't about how I feel or even what I think. Agape is what I choose. I choose to love you today. I choose to forgive you. Hallelujah. May Christ through your faith dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your what? Hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded and securely on love. The word, that's why he gives you the word, the word, the word. Jesus became, the word became flesh. Love became flesh. This, this, this love, the word cuts, it goes down. Look where it goes down. Picture the diagram. Hebrews 4 says that the word, it goes deep. It, it goes to the dividing line of the breath of life. Come on, I, I left you, uh, Bernadette. Is, keep going, Bernie. Bernie Bur Burns. Uh, and the immortal spirit, it goes down to old man. It deals, it deals, it deals. And, and, and it says, and of joints and marrow, what? The body. The word impacts your physical body. It analyzes, it judges your very what? Thoughts, your feelings, the word. It gets all up in your space. truth will set you free and keep you free the truth will set you free and keep you free give me two give you a couple more scriptures to have you a nice little week a victory in your identity you feeling me <laughs> Christ's resurrection is yours too I say it again. Christ's resurrection is yours too. This is why we are. I'm gonna say it again. Christ's resurrection is yours too. Uh, this is why we are to yearn for all that is above. We're talking identity. You cannot find your identity down here. For that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures. Feast. When somebody tell you to feast, man, it's endless. Go ahead. All you can eat. Feast on peace. Feast on joy. Feast. He said, heavenly realm, and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Feel your thoughts 
with what God says you are and just choose to believe it. Stop fighting what he says. Choose to fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with distractions. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. And now your true life, say true life, your true identity is hidden away in God, in Christ. Your true identity is hidden in Christ. That's why he said, it is to your benefit to seek me first before you get, go too far developing a false identity. Anybody ever couldn't wait to get in the club and, and got a false ID? No, y'all get, y'all 19, you, you do a nine. Back home, it's 21. You get fake ID, fake ID. Pastor Julia, fake ID? Amen. It's nothing worse than a fake ID. Because when you give it to the bouncer, you like, you don't really want to look at them. You just like trying to hit that angle. <laughs> you just try <laughs> Nothing works. Or talk to your friends. You hand it to them. Yeah, man, we're going to go up in it. And soon he tap on your shoulder and be like, excuse me, can you, can you hold up your, can you take off your hat, please? <laughs> you might get into one club. You might get into two clubs. You might get into three clubs. But one day, your false identity will be found out. You do not want to drag out a false identity. You do not want to get used to getting by with a false identity. Because there's going to be a level that your false identity can't hang. <laughs> it's like you wear a wig in some places, but if you start fighting or if a strong enough wind come by, the wig ain't for every situation. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed. For you are now one with him in his glory. Sheik Aba Shak Akan Zimbabwe Shaka Zulu. Oh my God. He say, for you are now who are you looking for? <laughs> See, y'all, who are we looking for? Who was I looking for at the bottom of that bottle? Who was I looking for sleeping around? Who was I looking for cutting? Who was I, what was I looking for? He said, right now, if you choose to be, but even if you don't choose to be, it's waiting for you. You're one with him in his glory see that's why I say no matter what you go through hold on to Jesus because if you throw away Jesus you throw away your glory so keep your thoughts continually fixed say fixed on all that is authentic and real 
Is this what the words say? Is this what the words say? If you find yourself in arguments over things that's not authentic and real, stop it. Continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Distractions will always have you wearing the wrong clothes. Wear your own clothes. They fit perfect on you. For Samuel. But the Lord said to Samuel, look not on his appearance or the height of his stature, for I have rejected him. This is when he sent to anoint a king. He didn't know who it was. He just knew it was one of Jesse's boys. And all these tall, handsome boys come out lined up. How you doing? And he goes, and the Lord said, nope. 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 No. And he goes, for the Lord sees not as man sees. You are trying to become something that God doesn't even judge on. Like the Lord does not look on the outward appearance. He looks on the heart. For man looks on the outward appearance. Culture looks on the outward appearance. The world looks on the outward appearance. You got to be this. You got to be that. You got to have this amount of money. You got to be qualified to do this. You got to do that. I had a conversation with somebody today in the back. And they're like, I feel like God's calling me to be a counselor. That's where my gifts are. But I feel like I'm in a place where I don't want to live. I don't care because I feel like I'm worthless right now. And I was like, what is it that just makes you get up? And you're like, I just, I feel like I'm called. I have a gift to counsel people and help them get through things. But I don't have time to go to school. Oh, thank you, Lord, for insight. School does not call you. School supports the call. <laughs> I was a pastor without Bible school. So what you have to do is answer the call, not the school. Maybe you can't get to school, but you can get under some mentorship. You can start reading books. You can begin to pray. You can say yes before you get to school. And once you say yes to the call, God begins to move things around and arrange things. And now I'm somebody, I went to a little bit of school. I went to some school, but I have a desire to go back and do some more schooling. Why? I don't know. Maybe it's because the world makes you think you need higher and higher degrees. And if you get this degree, you'll get on certain platforms. I don't got time. But just being obedient to God, I have the experience in the field that someone is going to school to get. And just because you go to school, it doesn't mean it's going to permit you experience. And I believe God is not looking for hirelings. He's looking for obedient sons and daughters that will say yes and not be looking for man to qualify them. Go get, go get some school, but you don't wait for school to say yes to God. 
I don't, I don't find that. I find the men that turned the city upside down, other men that went to school was astonished and said, man, they didn't go to the schools like we did, but something about them, I could tell they've been with the greatest teacher of all time, Jesus Christ. Stop putting off your call for school. Because <laughs> what if you go to school to be a pastor and God call you to be an apostle? They ain't teach you how to be that in school. You got the degree so maybe you can get hired on, but apostles don't get hired. Apostles pioneer. Prophets don't wait. They got a word, they're going to release it. I'm going to tell you there are some schools that cannot fit your gift. Whoever that's for. I believe somebody in here has been waiting for school to answer the call. Answer the call first. What do you do? You go to your pastors and say, man, I just want to answer my call. I feel like God's called me to be this and do this and to be a preacher and to be a pastor, to be an evangelist. To do. And you go and you get undercover and you get taught and you get mentored and you start reading and you start getting understanding of the gifts that lies within you. And then when the door for school open, you go to school if that's what you're called to do. Do you do know school is a call too? the Lord now sees next scripture if God don't confirm you you will end up with too much baggage for the battle if if God don't confirm you don't overestimate what it takes to be prosperous I'll give you understanding here in a sec boom this is what I mean. David said, the Lord who delivered me out of the paw of the lion. Here was David's school in the backfield when nobody was watching. He was taught how to fight, not knowing he would have to fight for a nation. <laughs> and he said, I know he delivered me out of the paw of the bear. He'll deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword over his armor. Then he tried to go, but he could not, for he was not used to it. And David said to Saul, I can't fight with this on. I can't fight with your expectations. I can't fight with what you think I should be. For I am not used to this. And David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five stones, smooth stones, out of the brook and put them in his shepherd's lunch bag. A whole kid's skin slung from his shoulder in his pouch. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near the battle. He didn't run. He drew near with what he had. He drew near with what he had. He said, what worked for you, Saul, is not going to work for me. I have an experience with my God that you may not have experienced. But I know if God delivered me from the paw of the bear, he can help me with these stones. Don't let people equip you with their worries. 
Your battle is your battle. Your war is your war. The best thing I can do is equip you the best way I can and pray for you. Because maybe you have a David battle. Maybe you are called to stand and defeat something for a generation that has been hard to defeat. And as you defeat, it will cause others to celebrate and be courageous to face what they're supposed to face. What it took them to battle, it won't take you. Saul needed all that armor. But the new order of worship, all you need is to lift up a stone. Or, or I mean, all you need to do is lift up a word. I'll raise a hallelujah. All you need to do is lift up a word. And that's why I say, like, all David needed was one stone. All I need is one word. That's all you need is one word. Right? Grandmama and them toiled and labored and father and mother toiled and labored but you are the generation that just need to rise up stand up and trust God and he is going to move some things out of your way through your faith trust the weapons God gave you it's more than enough you don't need what the world is trying to force upon you what worked for mom and dad may not work I don't know one thing that will work is the word of God but the tactics and the methods may not be the way. But whatever God has equipped you with, you must trust God and work the weapons. Is that it? I really, really believe that this world needs you to be the authentic child God made you. Not who the world suggests to you. You are. But we need you to believe who God has called you to be. My prayer for you tonight is you will find your identity in Jesus. Not your buddies. You are a culture shifter. You are a world changer. You are put here to bear fruit. You're not put here to cause confusion. You're not put here to be a dim light. You're here to let your light shine. You're not here to be pepper. You're here to be salt. You're here to bring flavor to the world. You're here to preserve life. You're here to help people run and finish the race. I pray that you find your identity in Jesus. I really wanted to finish that today because I do believe this is one of our greatest struggles. As we watch TV, as we walk through malls, our identity has been attacked. And how, whatever your childhood has been, however we've parented out of how we were parented, our fears, our insecurities, we can't parent our kids out of making sure we won't be like my daddy or be like my mama. You be who God has called you to be. The evil spirit of comparison. 
We got to kill all that stuff. If we don't fit into the world's standards, we disqualify ourselves. Tonight, I want to come against the spirit of sabotage. You disqualifying yourself. I want to come against a rebellious spirit. I don't care if we don't like our parents' ways. I don't care. I'm talking to my kids. I'm talking to everybody that got a parent. That's a lie. The Bible says to honor your mother, your mother and your father so that your days will be long. We are in a generation that does not submit to authority. So most of the people who are dying quick by guns and violence is young people. Yes, cops are cops, but guess what? Not, let me give it Some cops are some cops, but it doesn't give us permission to rebel against authority. You can protest, but you know, that's somebody's daddy, that's somebody's mother. It's still an authoritative figure. It's a healthy way to protest. Jesus still honored Judas. Judas came to kiss him, and what did Jesus do? Come on. Love your enemies, even if it's your parents. But that's a lie from the pit of hell. You only got one daddy, one mama. You better honor them. Whether you agree or disagree with who's in president, who's in government, it don't matter. Honor them. Take your mouth off of people in authority. My question to you is, how are you carrying your authority? I know we look at Trump, we look at Trudeau, we look at all these people, what they're doing with their authority. What are you doing with yours? What are you doing with your God-given authority? Are you stewarding it? You are a child of God. You are mighty warrior. You are a mighty man, a mighty woman of God. You are victorious. I am who he says I am. I can do what he says I can do, and I can have what he says I can have this day. After receiving the incorruptible, the indestructible, ever-living, everlasting word of God, I will never be the same again. Never, ever, 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 ever will I be the same again. The word will lift me up out of darkness, out of poverty, into wealth, out of sickness, into health, out of defeat, into victory, out of sickness, into health. Today, the living word is moving on my behalf. God is performing his word both now and forever. The word of God should never, ever return void. His promises are yes and amen. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. All I need to do is speak to the mountain. It shall be 
move. So I speak to the mountain of depression. You can lift your voice if you want. I speak to the mountain of anxiety. I speak to the mountain of poverty. I speak to the mountain of false identity. Every false idol come down now in Jesus' name. I speak to depression. I speak to insecurity. I speak to suicide. I speak to death. And I tell you to take your hands off our sons and off of our daughters now in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. What happens if everybody open their mouth and put the word on it? What happens if everybody forget being cute and praise the Lord and declare the word with some fervor, some passion?
only needs an authentic church. They need a, pa a passionate church. I shared an article with the team the other day, and the pastor, this leader, he's a global leader, and he was sharing that the churches that are trending now are charismatic churches, churches full of passion. Churches that really allow the spirit to move. Because man, the Rihannas and the Beavers and all these people are selling out arenas because of the passion in which they do life in. And my prayer to you is that the compassion that the Lord has for the brokenness in your community that you get. And I believe this week there's a few of you that the Lord is going to move on you in such a powerful way that you will begin to weep for others' brokenness. And when the church begins to weep over the brokenness of this world, we will see the change that God desires. Anywhere you find the Bible say Jesus was moved with compassion, you found massive healing. And I don't believe that we are, I'm talking about compassion, I'm talking about when you, we say Jesus wept over the condition, he cried out. And I just believe it doesn't mean you're going to live in that place. But we, you must encounter the heart of God for the world. What's going on right outside our community, our doors, breaks the Lord's heart. And it's no coincidence God gave us a church on this corner. Although it looks like rags are laying around this street, this church is on a street called Princess. Our office is on a street called Triumph. We are in a place where we can't be hit. We are literally, if you go look at the landscape, we are a light on a hill. And I don't know if you paid attention, we also have double steeple. You go look at the significance of a double steeple. Not every cathedral has two crosses on it. Two points of recognition. We're in a building that when people shipped, when ships would come in down the street, they would know they were in Vancouver when they saw this building. If you come from our office, you ride up a hill and then you go down a hill. We're at the peak of the hill and then you go down into Vancouver. We can't hide. There's something inside of our belly that's going to shake this city. You have to be willing to let it out. Some people are like, it don't take all that. Yeah, it do. Because if normal church was the way, trust me, we've done a lot of normal church, whatever normal church is. But there's a compassion that took a man to a cross to give up his life. Thorns to be put in his head 
nails through his feet, nails through not his hand, but through here, and then dropped into the ground to where his skin ripped. That's passion. All for you. What are we willing to do? Jesus has done it all for salvation. But what are we willing to do to deliver the message? What are we willing to do to shake up the heavens? There's going to take a fiery, passionate group of people. And there's times for us to be quiet and still. But then there's moments where there's a roar. There's a shout. Jericho. There's... There's, there's moments in history where you see God tells people to lose your mind. <laughs> and then once what, what was a wall is now a bridge. The Bible says they walked over into the city. And there's some walls that need to come down. So Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit. We ask that you move even past our resistance this week and move in our hearts to those that are open and then may drive through the streets or be sitting at the table with their families. Lord, we ask that we have your heart for this city because if we don't have a heart for the city, we can't change the city. May there's a sense of desperation rise up in us. Somebody's son, somebody's mother, somebody's daughter, somebody's father is out on them streets, addicted to heroin, addicted to meth. And I choose to believe it's not too late. So as a house of worship, may we play our part, Lord. And if our part is to release a sound, may we not hold one part of it back. a group of people who was called to shout so that those that couldn't shout could be set free. I believe we're the people with the trumpets. I believe we're the people with the anointed singers. I believe we're the band that goes in front of the army. So God, we thank you. Thanks for joining us. Stay connected with us by following us on social media at LoveQuestINTL Church. And join us next time as we receive another powerful right now word brought to us by our man of God, Pastor Terrence Richmond. Enjoy the rest of your day. And in the meantime, get your love fixed, man.